Happy day, Rosario Garcia with Why Jesus. Hoping you are having a fabulous day. What a beautiful, sunny, clear day today has been. I could feel of the warmth of the sun and feel the cool breeze. It was just enjoyable in many, many ways. After winter, we are ready for the warmth and the sunshine. And definitely today felt more like a spring day to me. So, but in today, more than anything, I was able to feel of God's love for me and His hand in my life. And that always makes me feel special. And it gives me strength to go on. So I am hoping and praying that you might have felt some of that love and strength through the sun rays, through a beautiful sunset or a beautiful sunrise or just beautiful laughter from children or family. Whatever might have been your way that you would have felt that, I hope that you did, because you are truly special and God loves you. So today, I am going over the Come Follow Me manual lesson for March 8th through the 14th and once again it's been one of those weeks where at moments I felt like I'm just going to read it and uh, you know share that I'm sure there's plenty of things that are worth for you the listeners to hear and all of that and yet I found myself listening to the lesson and reading the scriptures over and over again, feeling like there was something more that I needed to grasp from it so that I can share it for, me, for you. Um, and I'm hoping that what it is I was able to gain from this lesson is something that you will find useful in your life but more than that that you will find love and strength from God for you and your family so this come follow me manual just for all of those that are not familiar with it is a manual that is from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints it you can get it at a desert book store or on the LDS.org website. I'll do a search for libraries for Come Follow Me and it will lead you to it. And the last way you can get access to it is on the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints app. And once again do a search for libraries and you will see the Come Follow Me there and it will lead you straight to the week that we're currently on as long as you are looking for that specific week that we're supposed to be on, it will pop up. Otherwise, you'll have to look for the previous 
weeks if you're looking for a different week. So the lesson is quite touching in many ways and um I I sure hope that I'll be able to convey what I got out of it because I get emotional. But it's called Strengthen the Church. And it's got several topics under it. And one of the topics is I can help strengthen the Lord's church. The second, the Savior can lift me up out of my afflictions. The third one is Emma Smith is an elect lady. And... The last one is, what is common consent? And so, more than anything, when I'm going through this particular lesson, I sure hope that you don't get stuck on the names. These were people that were chosen to help God restore His church again on the earth. They went through a lot. They sacrificed a lot. But their stories are here for us to learn from them. So maybe it helps for us to interject our own names into the readings so that you can feel how God can be talking to you directly. And so it it is powerful when you do that. You feel like God really is talking to you as well. And so he does this through his scriptures. Because the scriptures are timeless and you can read them over and over and over. And every time you read them, you get something different for the moment that you are needing and that you're experiencing in life. And it gives you strength and perspective and direction and guidance in the ways that you would not normally be able to find in the world. And so let's start on this and so I'm going to read the summary because they always do such a better job than I would ever do and so it says here after the church was organized the saints faced new challenge to spread the gospel and strengthen those who had already united with the church all while all while persecution continued to increase Emma Smith witnessed the opposition firsthand in June 1830. Emma and members of the Knight family wished to be baptized, but enemies of the church tried to disrupt what would have been a sacred experience. First, they destroyed the dam that had been built to provide deep enough water for the baptisms. Even after the dam was repaired, the persecutors gathered to shout threats and mocks and mock those being baptized. Then just as Joseph was about to confirm the new members, he was arrested for upsetting the community by preaching about the Book of Mormon. It seemed like an unpromising start for the Lord's newly restored church. But in the midst of this uncertainty and upheaval, the Lord provided precious words of counsel and encouragement, which represent his voice unto all. So, first of all, 
for all of those of you out there that are doubting how something that happened to people nearly 200 years ago might be relevant to your life. I don't know about you, but reading that portion about Emma and this other family wanting just to get baptized, it was their decision to join the church and they were peacefully going about it. And here you got the naysayers, you know, the mockers, the people that oppose everything because it's not their way to do things. They came to disrupt. They destroyed the dam. They came to disrupt and mock and threaten them while they were trying to do this very sacred thing. And if you don't think that's what's happening today, I don't know what it is exactly what is happening today. The people that do not agree with the way other people live their life or what they're doing or who they're worshiping or how they're worshiping or, oh, they're going against the norm. The norm is for us to believe only these things. But here comes somebody that challenges those beliefs and is, you know, starting a new thing in their eyes. Oh, we got to oppose that. We got to protest. By no means was this a peaceful protest. Just like nowadays, what we see out the out there, the people are calling peaceful protest, and they're destroying and they're mocking and they're threatening, and they're literally destroying things. That persecution type of thing has happened before. It happened to Jesus Christ. It is happening today. So however it is that they dealt with this previously and how Jesus Christ himself dealt with it, it is definitely something we need to learn from on how to deal with the current situation that we're dealing uh, the so-called cancel culture, um, which is just playing this horrible, horrible man-on-man because of race, religion, beliefs, um, you know, gender, um, attractions, all this other things that they're just trying to focus on all the negative and pin it against each one of us, against each other. Same thing. And so very relevant to our day and age. And so I am hoping that as you see that whenever we're trying to do good in life there will always be opposition there is a scripture in the book of mormon that's one of my favorites and it is definitely it focuses on there is opposition in everything and if i can recall the exact verse i will read it to you before we finish the podcast today But bottom line, let's see how they dealt with this um, situation. Um, It mentions here that um, the people 
that were trying to organize, reorganize a church um, of Christ the way that he was instructing it, um, that there were uh, those people that opposed it and persecuted people that were talking about this Book of Mormon because nobody had heard about it other than just the Bible. You know, they were felt threatened by it, felt that they were evil things that they were promoting, and yet they were not willing to even read it to find out for themselves. So how can you condemn something that you have not even learned about or tested out or figured out on your own? You're just believing the words of other people rather than finding out for yourself. Hallelujah. Welcome to the 21st century, right? Exactly what's happening. And so on these uh, very challenging times for Joseph Smith um, and his wife is Emma Smith, um, God was still pushing them forward to continue with his work. Um, and so this is what they were being told. For Joseph, the challenge now was how to move the Lord's work forward. He and Oliver knew they had to cry repentance to all people. The field was ready to harvest and the worth of every soul was great in the eyes of God. But how could two young apostles, a farmer and a school teacher, both in their early 20s, move such a great work forward? And how could a small church in rural New York rise above its humble beginnings and grow to fill the entire world? Well, let's see. Um, and this is part of their history. They were being persecuted. Um, they couldn't even live where they were living because uh, the mobs would start figuring out where they moved and they would congregate outside their doors and their house and then they would have to move somewhere else to feel safe to continue doing the work of the Lord and the, the mobs would figure it out again I mean to the T today right and so um, so I'm going to not read all of the the things, but I'm just going to read part of it so you can see just how familiar um, these situations are. Um, it says here, let's see, where would I want to start here? After arriving at Coltsville, Joseph worked with others to dam a nearby stream so that they could hold a baptismal meeting the following day. When morning came, however, they discovered that someone had wrecked the dam overnight to prevent the baptisms from taking place. Disappointed, they held a Sabbath day meeting instead, and Oliver preached on baptism in the Holy Ghost. After the sermon, a local minister and some members of his congregation broke up the meeting and tried to drag one of the believers away. Emma was all too familiar with the opposition to Joseph and his message. Some people called him a fraud and accused him of trying to profit off his 
followers. Others mock believers, calling them Mormonites. Wary of trouble, Emma and others returned to the stream early the next day and repaired the dam. Once the water was deep enough, Oliver waded into the middle of the pool and baptized Emma, Joseph, and Polly Knight and the ten others. During the baptism, some men stood along the bank and short distance back and heckled the believers. Emma and the others tried to ignore them, but when the group headed back to the night farm, the men followed shouting threats at the prophet along the way, and the night's house, Joseph and Oliver, wanted to confirm the newly baptized women and men, but the group of hecklers outside swelled to a noisy mob of 50, Worried they might be attacked, the believers fled to the near neighboring house, hoping to finish the confirmation in peace. But before they could perform the ordinances, a constable arrested Joseph and carried him off to jail for causing an uproar in the community by preaching the Book of Mormon. Joseph spent the night in custody, unsure if the mob would capture him and carry out their threats. Emma, meanwhile, waited anxiously at her sister's house while she and their Colesville friends prayed for Joseph's safe release. Over the next two days, Joseph was tried in a court and acquitted only to be arrested and tried again on similar charges. After his second hearing, he was set free and he and Emma returned to their farm in Harmony before she and Colesville saints could be confirmed as members of the church. Back home, Joseph tried again to work on his farm, but the Lord gave him a new revelation on how he should spend his time. Thou shalt devote thy service in Zion, and the Lord declared, In temporal labors thou shalt not have strength, for this is not thy calling. Joseph was told to plant his fields and then set off to confirm the new members in New York. So, that was a brief little description that gives you a taste of a couple of little things that they went through. I mean, to the T, what's happening to a lot of people today. Um, their rights were being violated just for trying to just exercise their freedoms. And those people that just didn't believe in the way that they were expressing their freedom of religion were trying to use the law against them and putting them in jail when they clearly were in the wrong. And so, I mean, today to the T. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of what that persecution was like so that you can see the relevancy to what we're going through and how some of us are truly in that fight of, uh, you know, finding people outside your door and dealing uh, with law and courts and uh, persecution horribly. And so the next topic says, well, I can help strengthen the Lord's church. Now, why would this be important? It says here, today, almost 200 years after the restored church was organized, the need to strengthen the church continues. And this work is not just for Joseph Smith, Oliver Cowdery, or its current leaders. It is for all of us. And um, I'm going to read us a few verses there. This says, and once again, you know, think of you 
as being in these shoes. Behold, I speak unto you, Hiram, a few words, for thou also are under no condemnation, and thy heart is open, and thy tongue is loosed, and thy calling is to exhortation and to strengthen the church continually, wherefore thy duty is unto the church forever, and this because of thy family. Amen. Behold, I speak a, a few words unto you, Samuel, for thou art also under no condemnation, and thy calling is to exhortation, to strengthen the church, and thou art not as yet called to preach before the world. Amen. And then he um, speaks, Behold, I speak a few words unto you, Joseph, for thou also art under no condemnation, and thy calling is also to exhortation and to strengthen the church, and this is thy duty from henceforth and forever. Amen. So here was the Lord talking to three different people, telling them what he was calling them to do and in helping to strengthen his church. And um, very important because, you know, the, the Lord's, the Lord basically uses us to be able to do his work here on the earth and it's it's not going to be easy but he definitely helps us and we grow because of the trials and the tribulations and so therefore the next section is called the savior can lift me up out of my afflictions and this is um talking about how the church um how Joseph was leading the church during a time of intense persecution and how that must have been a heavy burden for this for him and his family um i am going to read to you uh several things on different scriptures that talks about how god comforts him god is comforting Joseph and comforting some of these people that are helping him establish and restore the church again um this is how god is by our their side therefore by our sides as long as we remain faithful on doctrine and covenants 24 1 to 3 it says behold thou was called and chosen to write the book of mormon into my ministry and i have lifted thee up out of thine afflictions and have counseled thee that thou hast been delivered from all thine enemies, and thou hast been delivered from the powers of Satan and from darkness. Nevertheless, thou art not excusable in thy transgressions. Nevertheless, go thy way and sin no more, magnifying thine office, and after thou hast showed thy fields and secured them, go speedily unto the church in Colesville, Fayette, and Manchester, and they shall support thee, and I will bless them from bless them both spiritually and temporally. So that was God telling Joseph Smith, Listen, your work is to strengthen the church, not to, you know, labor in your fields to prosper in the world. That's not your calling. And so this is how he was comforting him and telling him what he needed to do next then on dnc 24 8 it says be patient in afflictions for thou shalt have many but endure them for 
Lo, I am with thee even until the end of thy days. Oh, I love these. Then we have Doctrine and Covenants 121, 7 through 8. And I'm going to give you a preface here. He was in Liberty Jail during a winter, horrible, cold uh, jail where they were just mistreated and abused and him and his brother, uh, I just, his brother is ill, uh, and he, you know, Joseph Smith is questioning everything right now, because, I mean, he's had so many of these situations, and, you know, he's human, uh, he, you know, he's got to question some things and figure out, where are you, God? And he literally asks that question, and this is what God says. My son, peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine afflictions shall be but a small moment. And then, if thou endure it well, God shall exalt thee on high. Thou shalt triumph over all thy foes. So that is how he comforted him on probably the most miserable day he ever had. Um, and then we hear... Isaiah is typically a prophet that I find very difficult to understand, but the, the last few scriptures I've shared with you have been beautiful, some of my very favorite. And so this one is Isaiah 40, 28 to 31, and this one says, Has thou not known, has thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I love these scriptures from Isaiah forty twenty-eight to 31. I, you know, and then you feel so small when you hear those words. You're like, yes, you're right. How could I? be wavering in my faith right now um, but that's how the Lord gives us strength through his scriptures and then on Mosiah in the Book of Mormon um, 24 14 through 15 he says and I will also ease the burdens which are put upon your shoulders that even you cannot feel them upon your backs even while you are in bondage and this will I do, that ye may stand as witnesses for me hereafter, and that ye may know of a surety that I, the Lord God, do visit my people in their afflictions. And now it came to pass that the burdens which were laid upon Alma and his brethren were made light. Yea, and the Lord did strengthen them, that they could bear up their burdens with ease. And they did submit cheerfully and with patience to all the will of the Lord. And so um, 
these are all different circumstances that are happening throughout the scriptures with different people. But he literally strengthened them in their hardest of times when they were humble enough to want to continue to live a righteous life and when they were facing trouble because of other people. Really, he did triumph all of them um, and made them, you know, succeed over their enemies. And so he is ready and willing to do the same for you and I. And I am going to just give you... Um, we're heading now to this little section called Emma is Emma Smith is an elect lady and you know like I said don't get stuck on the name but I will give you a little clue as to um the life of Joseph Smith and Emma Smith so um Joseph Smith was just a farm boy you know there were like nine children in his family and they all just farmed, and uh, that was their way of life. And so he really didn't go to school. Um, they're, the way that they learned to read and write minimally was through reading the scriptures uh, in, uh, you know, from their parents who would gather them around the table and teach them some of these things. So Joseph's education was minimal very limited, just living off the land and uh, laboring with his hands to put food on the table, literally. And so he fell in love with Emma, who came from a well-to-do family. Therefore, she was well-educated, well-traveled. Um, her parents owned farms and stores. Um, etc., if I remember correctly. Um, and so she was definitely a refined person in that era. And so she fell in love with Joseph Smith. And when Joseph went to ask for her hand, the father wouldn't even listen to the guy. He was kicked out of the house before he could even utter what he was there for. He was really not well liked because, um, you know, of the rumors of him having visions and, and talking to God and, um, you know, him working on the translation of the Book of Mormon, just people did not like any of that because it definitely was totally different than what they had been taught growing up. So he was not liked at all. And so nonetheless, you know, they did marry without their consent. And so Emma Smith was disowned completely. Her family just disowned her unless she would, you know, not marry Joseph Smith or not be a part of his life. Then they would welcome her back. But obviously, that did not happen. So first of all, she left everything for him. And um, she became acquainted with the translation because she became a scribe for him when there was nobody to write as he was translating through the power of God these 
sacred writings that were on golden plates um, because they were in a reformed Egyptian language that um, was not known. And so because Emma was refined and could write, she knew right off bat that there was no way on earth that Joseph Smith could possibly ever put a sentence together the way that they were coming out of his mouth and she was writing. She knew right off bat that those that God was truly helping him translate these ancient writings into English because she knew that he was not well-versed in English. Therefore, he could not have put any of those sentences together the way they were rolling out out of his mouth. And she was surprised and flabbergasted at what she was writing down. And she got a strong testimony out of that of her husband's calling as a prophet of God. She really knew God had called him as a prophet and he was doing everything that God was asking him and translating those scriptures were it was something that she understood from the side of the world that there's no way on earth that this man could ever have put this book together as many people claimed he did. There's no way he could have ever authored that book. So first-hand witness of that, his own wife. Um, so their life was just, le- I mean, they lived through persecution their whole life, moving from one place to another. Not only that, they buried six children they lost six children they really did not have a place to call home because of the persecution and because of him going to do different things God wanted him to do in different parts of the land and so what total sacrifice on their behalf could anybody sacrifice so much for something that was not real for something that was made up no nobody in their right mind would go through what they went through unless it was completely directed from God and so thank you Joseph and Emma for enduring your trials and your afflictions so well that through their hard work they were able to leave behind in English form the Book of Mormon and the printing of it so that you and I could benefit from reading those latter-day scriptures. Um, Thank you. And so previous podcast I was also talking about uh, there were several questions that were being asked of us you know what are we willing to sacrifice for Jesus Christ how will we stand up 
to defend him and his gospel. And I don't know what you're going to decide on doing for that. I just know that the price that Joseph and Emma Smith paid in standing up for Jesus Christ and sustaining his work and his glory, which is a church, was beyond what I would have in my right mind ever consider. But yet they did it. And despite the persecution, despite the hecklers, despite the lawsuits, despite everything. And they suffered great losses. And so um, I'm going to read this little section here about Emma. Um, it says, Emma Smith is an elect lady. When Emma Hale married Joseph Smith, she likely knew she would be making sacrifices. She was going against the wishes of her father and trading a relatively comfortable life for a life of uncertainty. She might have wondered what the Lord expected of her in the work of the restoration. And so um, on Doctrine and Covenants, it talks about how God gave a direct... Uh, instruction to Emma through Joseph on what he wanted her to do and that is on Doctrine and Covenants and um, you know what I'm just going to read that to you because I think it's so important for you and I to be able to find ourselves in her shoes at one point or another in our lives and so it says Hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, while I speak unto you, Emma Smith, my daughter. For verily I say unto you, all those who receive my gospel are sons and daughters in my kingdom. Revelation I give unto you concerning my will, and if thou art faithful and walk in the paths of virtue before me, I will preserve thy life, and thou shalt receive an inheritance in Zion. Behold, thy sins are forgiven thee, and thou art an elect lady whom I have called. Murmur not because of the things which thou hast not seen, for they are withheld from thee and from the world, which is wisdom in me in a time to come. And the office of thy calling shall be for a comfort unto thy servant, unto my servant, Joseph Smith, Jr., thy husband in his afflictions with consoling words in the spirit of meekness and thou shalt go with him at the time of his going and be unto him for a scribe while there is no one to be a scribe for him that i may send my servant oliver oliver cowdery whithersoever i will and thou shalt be ordained under his hand to expound scriptures and to exhort the church according as it shall be given thee by my spirit. For he shall lay his hands upon thee, and thou shalt receive the Holy Ghost. And thy time shall be given to writing and to learning much. And thou needest not fear, for thy husband shall support thee in the church. For unto them is his calling that all things might be revealed unto them whatsoever I will according to their faith. And verily I say unto thee 
that thou shalt lay aside the things of this world and seek for the things of a better. And it shall be given thee also to make a selection of sacred hymns, as it shall be given thee, which is pleasing unto me, to be had in my church. For my soul delighteth in the song of the heart. Yea, the song, the song of the righteous is a prayer unto me, and it shall be answered with a blessing upon their heads. Wherefore, lift up thy heart, and rejoice, and cleave unto the covenants which thou hast made. Continue in the spirit of meekness, and beware of pride. Let thy soul delight in thy husband, and the glory which shall come upon him. Keep my commandments continually, and a crown of righteousness thou shalt receive, and except thou do this when I am when I am you okay, except thou does this where I am, you cannot come, and verily, verily, I say unto you that this is my voice unto all. Amen, Wow. Can you imagine receiving that revelation from God on what he wants you to do in your life? Well, it can happen. And he has provided a way for all of us to get that kind of a blessing. But this calling he gave Emma was very direct. I'm sure that she welcome knowing what she was supposed to do and she did a great job i mean she sacrificed so much uh, can you imagine burying six children without the support of your mom your dad moving from place to place uh, you know being persecuted by violent mobs Oh, I, it's just unreal what she went through. And so in this section, you know, you can put yourself in, in her shoes and see how, you know, you may have gone through some of this already and how God is telling you, keep the faith, stay strong, and you'll receive a crown of glory not in this life, but in the life to come. The, You know, give up your life in this world. This is just a small moment. The life to come is the one that we need to prepare for. And so he set up his church to function in a way where everybody has a voice. Everyone gives their vote, if you will, um, on who gets called as a prophet, apostle, a teacher, deacon, priest, elder, uh, the teaching positions in the church, everything is done with common consent. And so um, he asked Emma and Joseph to do everything that they did in the church by the common consent of the people. And so God values our vote, our support. 
And so everything in his church is done in order and by the common consent of the people. And um, I'm going to read to you what that is here. It says, when members receive callings or priesthood ordinations in the church, we have the opportunity to formally sustain them by raising our hands as a show of support. The principle demonstrating of um, public support and agreement is called common consent. Um, and so this is how we uh, commit and uphold to support and assist those that have been selected. And so Emma supported the work of Joseph because it was a work of God and vice versa and everybody that came into the church afterwards and that is still coming into the church we do this we raise our hand whenever somebody is called to be you know teacher of the young children or teacher of the young adults or teacher of the women and men um, whatever calling it is you have in the church you are called and then the congregation supports you. Now, if there's people that don't support that, they get to talk to the bishop about it and, you know, stake presidents about it and see why not. But everything is done through common consent. So why this is important is that Emma played a huge part in that because she supported her husband. I mean, everything that he was doing was new. It was a new thing because he was helping God restore his ancient church that was established when Jesus Christ was here. So there was step-by-step step different things that Joseph had to do. And um, Emma was his first supporter. And then they got to support him um, in the church also. And so she was a huge supporter and advocate for her husband's work even though she did not understand everything and she questioned so much because of the pain and the trials and the hardships she endured were so much and um, just as Joseph Smith was leaving once again being sent to jail uh, for the last time where he was literally murdered um, and died as a martyr um, in this short little video that I saw, um, Joseph Smith's mom was talking about his wife, Emma, and literally um, saying how she was so patient. And Joseph told his mom, Emma is strong. And his mom's response was, and being a strong person can be a very lonely thing or a very lonely road that nobody else understands and is hard for them to support because they don't understand it. It's beyond their comprehension. And isn't that the truth? A lot of things in the most important decisions of our lives, we do them a lot of the times with no support or the people around us that love us the most really don't support what we do or what we decided. And uh, we feel awfully lonely making those decisions, but we do that because we feel good about it and because we hopefully 
are listening to the Lord um, and going about that. And so it is a very lonely road, but um, I, I thought, wow, that is powerful um, that uh, we will all face those circumstances in our lives um, where we will have to make very important decisions to support Jesus Christ and his church and his gospel and you know that the persecution is already here this cancel culture is coming our way because you know we're now dealing with people that are trying to take away the gender, men and women, and, well, all of the scriptures, the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, the Book of Mormon, um, Doctrine and Covenants, they all talk about the nature of God and how he created man and woman, and, you know, marriage is ordained of God and all of this, and so uh, we we've already heard that they are, you know, trying to get rid of the Bible in many places they have already. And so the persecution is here already. And so these words of comfort to Emma and Joseph are for you and I to hold on tight to our faith, to defend what is true and what is right. Um, and the Lord is with us every step of the way. And um, he told us that we will be triumphant over all of our enemies and all of the people that want to do us wrong or harm, uh, all the hecklers out there that are saying they are peacefully protesting um, while they're destroying people's lives, we know is a lie, and um, God knows. But he definitely, through his scriptures and through this Come Follow Me manual, is giving us strength to overcome and telling us, prepare for the next life. It, it it will be much better than the current life you're in. So hopefully this has been helpful to you. I really love this lesson because it has given me a different perspective of just how much other people have given or sacrificed for this work. And so, you know, you are special. God loves you. And you... The worth of your soul and your loved ones is beyond price and measure that God is willing to put us through this so that we can come back and live with them again. And so hope you have a great rest of the day uh, that you know that God will sustain you in your darkest hour if we hold on tight to his gospel. And so, Rosa Garcia with Why Jesus, hoping you have a great week ahead.